Part five of The Gray Mills of Farley by Sarah Orne Jewett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. One night the agent was sitting alone in his large, half furnished house. Mary Moynihan, his housekeeper, had gone up to the church. There was a timid knock at the door. There were two persons waiting, a short, thick-set man and a pale woman with dark, bright eyes, who was nearly a head taller than her companion. "'Come in, Ellen. I'm glad to see you,' said the agent. "'Have you got your wheelbarrow, Mike?' Almost all the would-be planters of the field had come under cover of darkness and contrived, if possible, to avoid each other. "'Tisn't the potatoes we're after asking, sir.' said ellen she was always spokeswoman for mike had an impediment in his speech the childer came up yesterday and got them while you'd be down at the counting-room twas mary moynihan saw to them we do be very thankful to you sir for your kindness come in said the agent seeing there was something of consequence to be said ellen carroll and he had worked side by side many a long day when they were young she had been a noble wife to mike whose poor fortunes she had gladly shared for a sake of his good heart, though Mike now and then paid too much respect to his own infirmities. There was a slight flavor of whiskey now on the evening air, but it was a serious thing to put on your Sunday coat and go up with your wife to see the agent. We've come wanting to talk about any chances there might be with the mill, ventured Ellen timidly as she stood in the lighted room. Then she looked at Mike for reassurance. "'We're very bad off, you see,' she went on. "'Yes, sir, I got them potatoes. But I had to bake a little of them for supper, and more again the day for our breakfast. I don't know whatever we'll do when they're gone. The poor children does be entreating me for them, Dan.' The mother's eyes were full of tears. It was very seldom now that anybody called the agent by his Christian name. There was a natural reserve and dignity about him, and there had come a definite separation between him and most of his old friends in the two years while he had managed to go to the School of Technology in Boston. "'Why didn't you let me know it was bad as that?' he asked. "'I don't mean that anybody here should suffer while I've got a cent.' "'The folks don't like to be begging, sir,' said Ellen sorrowfully. "'But there's lots of them does be in trouble.' They'd ought to go away when the mills shut down, but for nobody knows where to go. Farley ain't like them big towns where a man'd pick up something else to do. I says to Mike, come, Mike, let's go up after dark and talk to Dan. He'll help us out if he can. Says I. Sit down, Ellen," said the agent kindly, as the poor woman began to cry. He made her take the armchair which the weave room girls had given him at Christmas two years before she sat there covering her face with her hands and trying to keep back her sobs and go quietly on with what she had to say mike was sitting across the room with his back to the wall anxiously twirling his hat round and round yes we're very bad off he contrived to say after much futile stammering all the folks in the corporation but mr dow has got great bills run up now at the stores and them that had money saved has lent to them that hadn't twill be long enough before anybody's free when the mill starts up we'll have to spend for everything at once the children is very hard on their clothes and they're all dropping to pieces 
I thought I'd have everything new for them this spring. They do be growing so. I minds them and patches them the best I can. And again Ellen was overcome by tears. Mike and me's always been contriving how we would get something laid up. So if any one would die or be long sick, we'd be equal to it. But we've had great pride to see the little girls go looking as well as any. And we've worked very steady. But there's so many of us. We've had to pay rent for a large tenement. And we'd only seventeen dollars and a little more when the shutdown was. Sure, the likes of us has a right to earn more than our living, ourselves being so willing-hearted. "'Tis a long time now that Mike's been steady. "'We always had the pride to hope we'd own a house ourselves "'and a piece in our land. "'But I'm thankful now. "'Tis as well for us. "'We've got no chances to pay taxes now.' "'Mike made a desperate effort to speak "'as his wife faltered and began to cry again, "'and seeing his distress, forgot her own, "'and supplied the halting words. "'He wants to know if there's army work he could get.' some place else than farley himself's been sixteen years now in the picker first he was one of six and now he is one of the four since you got the new machines yourself knows it well the agent knew about mike he looked compassionate as he shook his head stay where you are for a while at any rate things may look a little better it seems to me we will start up as soon as any one does i'll allow you twenty dollars a month after this here are ten to start with no no i've got no one depending on me and my pay is going on i'm glad to share it with my friends tell the folks to come up and see me ahern and sullivan and michael and your brother con tell anybody you know who is really in distress you've all stood by me tis all the lazy ones would be coming if we told on the poor boy said ellen gratefully as they hurried home Ain't he got the good heart? We'd ought to be very discreet, Mike. And Mike agreed by a most impatient gesture. But by the time summer had begun to wane, the agent was a far poorer man than when it had begun. Mike and Ellen Carroll were only the leaders of a sorrowful procession that sought his door evening after evening. Some asked for help who might have done without it, but others were saved from actual want. There were a few men who got work among the farms, but there was little steady work. The agent made the most of odd jobs about the mill yards, and contrived somehow or other to give almost every household a lift. The village looked more and more dull and forlorn, but in August, when a traveling show ventured to give a performance in Farley, the corporation hall was filled as it seldom was filled in prosperous times. This made the agent wonder, until he followed the crowd of workless, sadly idle men and women into the place of entertainment, and looked at them with a sudden comprehension that they were spending their last cent for a little cheerfulness. End of Part 5